Disclaimer, this episode does include gruesome details about true events. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Crimevine podcast. I am your host, Felicity Brooke, and if you are new here, basically this is a true crime and conspiracy theory podcast. I like to stick with cases that aren't as widely known across the globe. I feel like everyone's case is just as important as the next, and every victim deserves to have their case heard and to have answers be found. So if anybody knows anything about any of the cases that I am covering, I encourage you guys to please alert somebody because that could be groundbreaking for a case. I also want to take this time to ask you to please rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you are listening to. It helps boost the rating of the show. And not only that, I do this for the victims. So I'm not asking you to do it to get me quote unquote famous or my podcast known. I want to do it. I'm asking you to do it because I've believe that these victims deserve justice and they deserve exposure and they deserve for their story to be heard. So that is why I'm asking you guys to do it. I'm also on Instagram and on Twitter. On Twitter, I'm at the PL one and on Instagram, I am at the podcast. Now on Instagram, I tend to stick with more like serial killer memes. It's just very like a light sense of humor on Instagram, not all that serious. Occasionally we will get serious and post some things. Um, but on Twitter, I am very serious. And Twitter is more for victim advocacy and I usually talk directly to the victim's families over there. So if you guys want to get involved, if you want to be someone to help these victims get their voices heard, then I really encourage you to hop over on Twitter and help us do that. I do post updates on cases over there as well. I also, before we dive into this case, do want to say a happy Thanksgiving to all my American listeners. This Thursday on the 28th of this month is actually Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I know this isn't a Thanksgiving episode, but happy Thanksgiving. I hope you guys all have a great one. Now, if you guys don't already, grab yourselves a drink because this fine will rope you in. The year was 1967, and in that November, on the 13th to be exact, a person who would be responsible for others' deaths was born. Kristen Gilbert was born in Fall River, Massachusetts. Nothing really happened during her younger years until she became a teenager. During these years, friends and family members noticed Kristen was a compulsive liar and she was very manipulative. She even had a history of faking suicide attempts to manipulate the people around her. According to court records, Kristen has made violent threats against others since she was a teenager. In 1986, Kristen enrolled at Bridgewater State College. After another fake suicide attempt, Bridgewater State College officials ordered Kristen to seek psychiatric treatment. Because of this incident in 1987, she transferred colleges and then again to another community college. In total, Kristen has been to three colleges. She finally graduated in 1988 with a nursing diploma and then becoming a registered nurse. Later that year, she married Glenn Gilbert. In 1989, she started work at Veterans Affairs Medical Center in Northampton 
She was very good at her job and she actually seeked appraisal from many of her colleagues. After being assigned to the night shift after her maternity leave, Kristen began an extramarital affair with a hospital security guard, James Perrault, who was an army veteran of the Persian Gulf War. But the nurses around her started to notice some suspicious things. There was an oddly high number of deaths on Kristen's watch. No one really thought much of this incident, so they passed it off and jokingly started calling her the Angel of Death. The nickname became more and more persistent as it was later estimated that she was on duty during half of her ward's 350 deaths in a seven-year span. Meanwhile, Kristen's marriage was coming to an end. She began to prepare home-cooked meals allegedly laced with a drug to increase her husband's frequency of urinating. Before her trial, prosecutors claimed that Glenn Gilbert told one witness that his wife was trying to have him out of the house by Thanksgiving. Glenn began to get really sick. He was taken to an emergency room by his wife, though to no avail, he fell ill again just a week later. She tried to poison her husband while he was receiving care at Cooley Dickinson, a local civilian hospital. She said she wanted to take a blood sample of her husband herself and then have it tested later on at the hospital where she worked. One syringe was filled with a clear liquid and Kristen told her husband it was just a saline solution. But as soon as she inserted the needle, Glenn, Glenn reported that his arm grew cold. And when he tried to pull away from his wife, she pinned him against the wall with her hip. He survived this incident, although he did get a little suspicious about his wife. Shortly after he was released from the hospital, Kristen left her husband and her children for the security guard, James. Kristen's presence around death in the hospital did not end. In late of July 1995, 66-year-old Stanley Jijgowski was admitted to the hospital for postoperative bowel obstructions. He required only oral medication, but a nurse reported seeing Kristen enter his room with a syringe. This nurse supposedly heard the patient cry in pain just before Kristen exited his room. He died later on that night of cardiac arrest. This certainly did not go unnoticed for too long. Finally, in 1996, three nurses reported their concern about an odd amount of patients passing away due to cardiac arrest and a decrease in the supply of epinephrine. Once Kristen got wind that they were investigating her, she had to get them off her trail. So what exactly did she do? She did what any psychopath would do. She phoned in a fake bomb threat to derail the authorities. After that, Kristen decided it was time to leave the hospital now that they have caught on to her. That fall of 96, she decided to check herself in to a psychiatric hospital seven times, only staying between one to 10 days each time. In July of 98, Kristen found herself on trial for calling in a fake bomb threat to Northampton VA Hospital as a retaliation mechanism. And in April of that year, Kristen was convicted of that crime. The VA hospital staff speculated that Kristen may have been responsible for 
80 or more deaths, and more than 300 medical emergencies. The trial began in November of 2000. William Welch II, who was the prosecutor for this case, asserted that Kristen used these emergency situations to gain the attention of her then-secret boyfriend, James. In a shocking turn of events, James actually testified against Kristen, saying that she confessed at least one murder to him over the phone while she was in a psychiatric ward. Of the countless patients she injected, Kristen Gilbert was found to have successfully murdered four former soldiers, Henry Hudden, Kenneth Cutting, Edward Skiwara, and Stanley Jigowski with epinephrine, although prosecutors suspect there were many more murders which went undetected. Kristen injected them with enough adrenaline for their hearts to race past the breaking point and put them into cardiac arrest. According to prosecutors, Kristen committed the murders because she craved attention and wanted to spend time with her boyfriend, James. It was later revealed that Kristen administered epinephrine to patients so that her lover, James, would be summoned to the ICU, where she could then be close to him and impress him with her skills as a nurse. It also allowed her time to flirt with him, as well as witnessed by several of her coworkers. Ultimately, she was convicted on March 14th of 2001 of first-degree murder in the deaths of three veterans, and she also was convicted of second-degree murder in the death of another veteran. She narrowly escaped the death penalty of lethal injection. Kind of ironic, don't you think, if the angel of death was murdered via a syringe? Instead, Kristen got four consecutive life sentences and the angel of death spends the rest of her days behind bars in Texas. So what do you guys think about that? I, the information when I was researching this case, gosh, I have been researching this case for what feels like months. Actually, no, it has been months. I decided to put this case on the back burner just because um, finding enough information to create a decent episode was very, not really there, basically. Um, and a lot of the information was contradicting. I got the basic information that I that was consistent throughout the internet I have several different sources um, I got sources from ABC and some like I think it was Dateline I want to say um, and some articles that I did manage to find with consistent information on the information that I shared other than that I wasn't able to find consistent information a lot of things contradicted each other so I just decided not to include any of that information in this episode um, because I didn't want to give out what could have possibly been false information to you guys. So um, that is basically what I was able to find. Now, that being said, this case is absolutely wild. And I honestly, it, it kind of gets to me in a special way because you are supposed to be able to trust um, medical staff. You are supposed to trust, be able to trust the nurse that is on shift working on you or with you you're supposed to be able to trust doctors and all that and this just kind of inserts that level of uh you know kind of doubt if you will just because it's like well this nurse was supposed to save their lives and she literally murdered them she was on shift for 
half of the 350 deaths um, at that hospital at that during that time period. And she, I mean, she was only charged with, you know, three, well, technically four, because she got first degree murder for three and then second for the um, fourth. But honestly, it's, it's insane. So, and the fact that she tried killing her husband, this woman was crazy, you guys. And I don't, I don't typically like to speak out and say like, oh my gosh, this person was like really fucked up. They were crazy. But like, this woman was crazy. And she, I mean, to fake a bomb threat is one thing to, um, to fake suicide attempts just so you can manipulate the people around you and play the I'm sick card. Like, mental health is not something to mess around with and clearly she did have some mental disorder but suicide is definitely not a thing to mess around with and to fake because I mean now in today's society we take suicide very very seriously like that is something that you don't mess around with that's something you don't threaten if you're not actually at that point where you feel like you are going to commit suicide it's just it's not a thing you mess around with and knowing a lot like a lot of people very close to me have committed suicide or were on the verge of it and it's a very scary thing for the family members to and the loved ones to go through so that's just like to me that gets me I don't like when I hear anybody you know faking a suicide attempt for attention or just to be able to get somebody under their belt and manipulate them I don't like that but we're not really talking about like my personal feels on this episode. So I want to know what you guys think about this case. I know this episode is kind of a short one. I'm sorry. Um, Like I said, the information was very contradicting. So if any of you guys can find any more information that is true, please, please, please you share it with me, Twitter, Instagram. I would love to know if there's been any like updates or anything like that. Like I said, I've been researching this case for a while and was not able to find any really good solid reliable information that went beyond what I got if that makes any sense all the information I got was the most solid truthful and seemed to be the the, what actually happened type of information so I want to know what you guys think on this case please let me know um again if you can please rate and review this podcast and whatever platform you are listening to also follow me on instagram and twitter again instagram's at the crime bind podcast and twitter is at the crime bind po1 i hope you guys all have an amazing thanksgiving and i will talk to you guys in my next podcast episode